And unfortunately, we lose touch with our own humanity when we move into the position of judging others moralistically. Welcome to NVC Life. I'm Rochelle Lamb, veteran NVC trainer and relationship coach, helping listeners navigate interpersonal conflict and ground more deeply into relational living. Greetings, fellow humans. Most listeners are familiar with the Gottman Institute and the four horsemen known as criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. In fact, one of my most listened to episodes was uploaded exactly one year ago, titled Gottman Methods for Horsemen, where I spoke about the overlap between Gottman and nonviolent communication. For this episode, I want to zero in on the horseman that is considered to be the most destructive. And which one would that be? Let me repeat the four horsemen, criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. If you guessed contempt, you're absolutely right. John Gottman refers to contempt as sulfuric acid for love. Yes, my friends, contempt is a nasty one. Before we dive in, here's something to note from the book What Makes Love Last by John Gottman and Nan Silver, subtitled How to Build Trust and Avoid Betrayal, Secrets from the Love Lab. If people are honest about how much of the time they pay full attention to their partner's words, 50% would be a generous estimate. Based on precise calculations from my study of repairs, It is more realistic to assume that each partner is available around 30% of the time. For the other 70%, they are distracted thinking about the kids, work, God, gas prices, what's on TV, window treatments, sports, etc. The likelihood that both partners will be available at the same time, assuming their availability is independent of each other, is just 9%. 9%. That means that 91% of the time, the ground is ripe for miscommunication. Both partners are going to mess up plenty. So I wanted to share this excerpt so that you can appreciate just how challenging it can be to be fully attentive to a partner and how darn easy it is to lose connection and the distorted and unkind stories that we tell ourselves about the other person's inattentiveness or unavailability are fertile ground for increased tension and alienation. So back to contempt. Merriam-Webster's definition is A, the act of despising, the state of mind of one who despises, B, lack of respect or reverence for something, Synonyms are antipathy, condescension, defiance, derision, disdain, disregard, disrespect, distaste, hatred, malice, mockery, neglect, ridicule, scorn. Hearing that, 
it's easy to see why contempt is so poisonous and destructive once it burrows into a relationship. To be contemptuous of someone is to look down on that person and judge them harshly for not acting or behaving in a manner that we desire or expect. At its worst, contempt is deeply dehumanizing. We don't see a human being. We see someone who doesn't measure up. We see them as inferior. And unfortunately, we lose touch with our own humanity when we move into the position of judging others moralistically. We place ourselves firmly on the pedestal of self-righteous indignation. It should come as no surprise then that when one or both partners expresses contempt, it usually spells the end of the relationship. According to Gottman, contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce, and certainly it indicates the end of love, the end of kindness, warmth, decency. From an NVC perspective, if the person who was exhibiting contempt towards his or her partner was to speak from a place of feelings and needs instead of from a place of moralistic judgment, instead of resorting to strategies such as name-calling, eye-rolling, or mocking a person, it might sound something like this. When you say X or do Y, I feel enormous pain and frustration, and I find myself aching so deeply for something different between us. This has a completely different tonal quality to it than contempt, and I would say that generally speaking, it comes pretty close to what is going on beneath the contempt. There's also a good chance, though, that there's little to no awareness within the person of what is going on inside them, aside from their contempt. In other words, the expression of longing is probably not available to the person, even though it lives deeply inside them. What I'm suggesting here is that even though the person who displays contempt is also displaying strong feelings, they're very much up in their head judging and will usually need a lot of support to do the deeper work of dropping down into their human feelings, which from my own experience in working with people and couples requires real courage. It requires becoming aware of our own deep pain, of not having our needs acknowledged, typically much earlier in life. And who in their right mind wants to revisit painful memories? Judging actually becomes a way of armoring oneself against the pain and despair of not being able to have our needs met earlier. Take, for example, the need to know that we matter and that there is something inherently good and right about us. The small child who receives the message that they are loved and that they belong. When a child is deprived of that crucial human embrace, which is so foundational to their development, they have to find a way of coping with that deprivation. And the way they cope very often is to defend themselves against their own longing while at the same time attempting to have the needs for connection and warm regard met in their most intimate relationships as adults. But most people don't know what they don't know. 
they typically aren't aware of having long ago built a wall around their own vulnerabilities as a way to survive painful experiences. They're blind to their own inner turmoil and wrongly believe that if their partner would only just smarten up, the relationship would be then restored to harmony. Contempt is impatient as it ranks one person as being superior to the other, and once the decision has been made to diminish a person and squeeze them into a rigid and unkind narrative of being a failure, it poisons the relationship. Let's face it, relationships are challenging, especially over the long haul. It takes significant courage to be able to lead with our vulnerability, even more so when that vulnerability has historically been met by rejection, ridicule, or contempt from a caregiver. Very few people in the modern world have their childhood needs fully met. We all know the saying, hurt people hurt people. The thing is, At some point in our adult lives, it becomes necessary to develop awareness of the strategies we so automatically resort to in order to shield ourselves from disappointment when we don't get what we want. Contempt is what happens when we tell ourselves that we are entitled to have something that we're not getting. We go up into our heads and feel justified in our anger and disdain. We can feel strong in that place. We can feel protected in that place. Exposing our vulnerability would be unwise. And there's no point in longing for something that is being denied to us. That just makes us look weak and stupid. That's the five-year-old talking inside us. And we can appreciate why the five-year-old needed to devise strategies to protect him or herself. It absolutely makes sense. But that was then, and this is now. And now you have a long-term partner who you're trying to cobble a life with, and the contempt you express in your desperate attempt to get your needs met is having an opposite effect of what you want. It's pushing what you want away. It's ensuring that you will not only not get what you want, but you will most likely also lose your relationship. It's a profound tragedy. I want to return to the example I provided earlier of coming into contact with the vulnerable, walled-off parts of ourselves in order to express it. When you say what you say and do what you do, I feel enormous pain and frustration, and I find myself aching so deeply for something different between us. I'll say it again so I can really feel the ache inside of me. Not to guilt you, but to be in touch with what hurts inside of me. When you say what you say and do what you do, I feel enormous pain and frustration inside, and I find myself aching so deeply for something different between us, aching so deeply to be able to speak to you from my vulnerability instead of from a place of judgment where I put you down. I want us to find a way through this. I want to be free from my own inner critic that tells me that I'm somehow not worthy of love, not worthy of a relationship. So 
what I'm trying to demonstrate here is that once a person taps into the pain and the vulnerability, it starts to become a place of strength, of aliveness, of resourcefulness, of flow, and of connection with oneself and the person that you're speaking with. I don't want to pretend here that just because a person taps into their vulnerability and articulates it well, that this would then guarantee that the relationship would be repaired and thrive. We simply don't know. Nothing is ever certain. What we can know, though, is that as a person speaks their pain without blame and accusation, they become more cohesive. They restore parts of themselves that they had rejected, repressed, or judged, like stitches dropped off a knitting needle. And they are now picking up those stitches and knitting them back into their being. They have become more whole, more wholly alive, and that is infinitely better than staying walled up behind the armor of contempt. There's, of course, so much more to say on this subject, but I will conclude the episode with this. Suffering is inevitable. It is part of every human life. To express contempt towards another is, in and of itself, a form of suffering. To come to terms with how we contribute to our own suffering is also a form of suffering, but at least it includes becoming whole. I'm describing two paths of suffering that differ hugely from each other. Which one will you choose? Thank you for tuning into NBC Life. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. For free resources or to book a private session with me, head over to rochellelam.com. Until the next time, stay sane, grateful, and generous. Thank you.